Well, what is up, Second Chance Church? Super excited about everybody that's logging on right now. Um, I looked on the Second Chance Facebook site today. We've got people from New York logging in. We've got people from Texas. We've got people from California. We've got people from Charleston. We got people from Conway. Conway, South Carolina. We got some people from Easley. Go Greenway, and I saw that. So super excited. Before we dive into the message, let me just couple cover a couple things real quick. If you want study notes for this message or any message we do at Second Chance Church, all you got to do is go to our Facebook site. Now, we got a brand new Facebook site. It's um, facebook.com slash my second chance church facebook.com slash my second chance church and you can go there you can get study notes um and you can get updates during the week that are taking place and we're going to create all kind of content second thing i want to say is a huge thank you for those of you that are giving to second chance church because of your generosity we're going to be able to open up more streaming options within the next week or two we're going to be able to create a youtube channel we're going to be able to create a podcast um, we're going to be able to stream the service from our website mysecondchancechurch.com um, that's where you can give by the way if you want to um, so we're super excited about that and super excited about all that's taking place and super excited about the brand new series we we are starting today called Losing My Religion. Now, just a real quick question to start off. Have you ever gotten something wrong and you didn't know you were getting it wrong? Um, The story of my life, by the way. Um, Several years ago, I was on an overseas trip and um, one of the things I always try to do when I'm overseas is I try to get to a gym and um, it, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's nice or not. I just want to get to a gym and get a workout in. So on this particular day, I was working chest and I was like, well, I got to get to the gym. And so um, I went into the gym and I started loading up the bar with weights. Now, Overseas, at the, in the country I was in, they use a different standard of measurement than we do here in America. In America, we use the pound, which should be universal, but of course I would think that because I'm an American. Um, but overseas, in this particular country, they use like the kilogram. And so while I thought I was putting pounds on the bar, I was actually putting kilograms on the bar. And so I loaded this bar up with way more weight than I was used to live to lifting. And I noticed everybody around the gym, they're kind of looking at me and um and and I thought, well, they must be weak in this country and I'm of course I'm strong. So I laid down on the bench. Um I'm by myself. I lay down on the bench. I take the bar off and I bring the weight down on my chest. And I learned um, that help is a universal, people understand that word even if they don't understand English. Um, I'm screaming and two guys came over and they got the weight off of me and it just about crushed my chest. And I never will forget that because what I thought wasn't actually true, but what I thought almost led to me dying, like it just about crushed me. And when I think about the church and I think about how we do church, it kind of reminded me of that's what religion does to people. It loads up the bar with a bunch of weight and it eventually crushes the life out of them. Because when people become a Christian, it's like, okay, um, you are saved by grace. You ask Jesus to come into your life. He power washes your soul. He makes you a brand new person. And then we take them and go, well, now that you're a Christian... 
You've got to read your Bible every day. You've got to pray every day. You've got to fast. You've got to listen to Christian music. You've got to go to Bible studies. You've got to do all these things. And we weigh people down with so many things that eventually it crushes the life out of them. When, but when we look in the scriptures, when we look in the scriptures, the primary call of Jesus is this. Follow me. Just come hang out with me. Just follow me. The, the primary call of Jesus was not do more, try harder. See, we've got to, in the church today, we've got to change the standard so that the Pharisees do not win. Yes, I will say that again. We've got to change the standard to the point where the Pharisees do not win, where spiritual maturity does not equal spiritual activity. And at the end of the day, one of the things that I'm learning is I've got to lose my religion if I really want to learn how to follow Jesus. So if you've got a Bible today, I want you to grab it and go to John chapter 9. John chapter 9 is where we're going to hang out today. And it's the story. If, you, if you're from a church background, this is going to be somewhat of a familiar story. If you're not from a church background, um, it's a great, great story to dive into. And all through this, I'm going to be making the point of what religion is and what a relationship is. So here we go. We're going to dive in. John chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, as he, meaning Jesus, went along... He saw a man blind from birth. Think about that. This guy had never seen a sunset. He had never seen a sunrise. He had never seen water. He had never seen trees. He had never seen color. He was, he was completely blind, and he had always been that way. His disciples asked him. Now, check this out. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because... 2,000 years ago, in fact, even today, people believe in karma. So he obviously sinned or his parents sinned that he was born blind. Now, here's what's really, really fascinating. Here's the first difference. Religion equals a conversation about. Relationship equals a conversation with. Religion equals having a conversation about someone. A relationship equals having a conversation with someone. See, it's really easier to talk about somebody than it actually is to talk with them. Because you would think that the apostles would have saw this man born blind. They were with Jesus and they could have said, hey, Jesus, you can heal blind people. We've seen you heal blind people. We've seen you heal deaf people. We've seen you heal dead people. We've seen you do incredible work. So Jesus here you are, here's a blind guy, here's an opportunity, Jesus, why don't you heal him? But instead of actually engaging this blind man, they said, no, nah, let's just talk about him. Instead of engaging him, let's just have a conversation about him. I never will forget one of where um, God brought this to light to me. Several years ago, my cousin worked in a bar. Um, it was one of those restaurants that had like a bar in the middle, and um, he was a bartender. And I went in the restaurant, me and a buddy, and we ate. And then I walked up to the bar and sat down, have a conversation with my cousin because I hadn't seen him in a really long time. And b back during these days, I mean, this was years ago, I used to shave my head like with a big razor, okay? And I had a goatee, so I kind of looked like, um, 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 like I was in a gang or something. And so I'm, I'm sitting there talking to my cousin. And all of a sudden, there's a guy next to me, 
And I don't know him. I've never seen him before in my life. And he takes his hand and he puts it on my head. And he says, well, he says, GD, that's an awesome haircut. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, they don't prepare you how to deal with this in like preacher school. Like they don't, they don't talk about this. I mean, they talk about like the trichotomy and dichotomy of the spirit, but drunk guy with his hand on your head, taking the Lord's name in vain. We didn't, we never had really a class on that. So I didn't know what to do. And so I just did, I just said, thank you. And I took his hand off of my head and I put it on the bar. Two seconds later, his hand is back on my head and he's rubbing it like for good luck. And I, I looked at him and I looked at my cousin. I looked at him and looked at my cousin. My cousin said, don't hit him. He's had a lot to drink. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, because I was about to slug this guy. And so I took his hand off my head and he goes, no, man, that's a really nice haircut. And I was like, that, that's really great. And then he reaches for my head again and I grabbed his hand. And I looked at him. I said, hey, man, do you need to talk? And I didn't mean it. Um, and he just starts weeping and says, yes, I do. And I was like, okay, we're going to go sit down over at that table, and you're drinking water, buddy. I mean, because, I mean, he was speaking cursive. He was so drunk. And so we went over. We sat down at this table, and I spent about an hour with this guy talking to him about his life, about the Lord, about relationships. And I would love to be able to tell you I led this guy to Jesus, and he gave his life to Christ. And today, that was Joel Osteen, and he pastors Lakewood Church. And um, that, But that's not true. I didn't actually get to lead that guy to Christ. But I never will forget that moment because it would have been really easy to leave that bar and get in the car with my friend and talk about that guy and talk about how drunk he was and talk about how useless he was and talk about how pathetic he was. But, it, and listen, it was by God's grace that I was able to have a conversation with him. One of the things that religion does is it takes people and it puts them in categories. So those are the alcoholics, and those are the homosexuals, and those are the sexually promiscuous, and those are those people. And listen, when we categorize, we will demonize every time. When we categorize, we will demonize every time. And we, religion causes us to forget that every single person was created in the image of God and matters to God more than we could ever imagine. That's why we've got to get rid of religion and actually engage in relationships. One of the most spiritually um, important conversations we could have with somebody is this. How are you doing? And just let them talk. How are you doing? And just enter into a conversation with them. Because listen, religion is we talk about people. Relationship is we talk to them. We're, we're going to keep reading um, because, because this is, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. Jesus said a couple other things. And skip down to verse 6. After saying this, he kind of talked to his disciples about some stuff. He spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Now, let's pause real quick, because typically when we read the Bible, we read it and we kind of skip over sections of like, like that. But that is fascinating to me. Jesus spit on the ground. Now, he was fully God, but he was fully man as well. So let me ask you this question. How much spit would you have to come up with to make mud out of the dust, because I've, I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Jerusalem a lot. 
It's in the middle of a desert. It's dusty. It's dry. So how much spit? This wasn't just one spit. This was like a lot of spit. It was like... And the disciples are like, what is he doing? And he spits so much, took a little time to spit that much. And he reaches down and he takes the mud and he's kind of putting it in his hands. And all the disciples are like grossing out. And then, don't miss this, the Bible says he took the mud and put it in the blind man's eyes. Now, how jacked up is that? Like, if we saw somebody do that today and we got that on, you know, Cam, we got that on Instagram stories or whatever, we would say that is the most jacked up, messed up thing. How, like, how, Jesus, how are you going, how are you going to put mud in the blind person's eyes? But don't miss this. Don't miss this. The mess Jesus made was actually the very thing that he was going to use to bring about the miracle in the blind man's life. Jesus was going to take the mess and use it to turn it into a miracle. And the reason I want to say that right now is because there's somebody watching and you feel like your life is in a mess. You feel like your circumstances are in a mess. You feel like everything going on around you is in a mess. And it could be, my friend, it could be that Jesus is going to take that mess and use it to bring about the miraculous in your life. He did it. If he did it then, he can do it again. And so Jesus makes this mess. He puts the mud in the blind person's eyes. And, and, then, and then he says, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is also um, a little cruel, telling the blind man to go somewhere. I mean, how's he going to get there? This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So don't miss this. Religion is pretty. Relationships are messy. Religion is pretty, but relationships are messy. Uh, religion, re religion. Let, let's say this. I don't. I don't know if you've ever studied church signs. Um, church signs are kind of a hobby of mine. They're fascinating. I've, I've never really seen a great one. Um, but if most church marquees were honest, they would say this: We are a pretty church, full of pretty people. With pretty lives. And if you are not a pretty person with a pretty life, don't come to our pretty church. And what that creates is an atmosphere where people have to be fake. They can't be real. They can't confess. Because reality is every single person on the planet is a jacked up human being desperately in need of the grace of God. See, Jesus used to mess to bring about a miracle. And if we're going to have relationships with people, sometimes those relationships demand that we step into the mess and walk with them and talk to them rather than talking about them. Um, it, it, it gets kind of crazy. It gets kind of crazy because people started talking about this miracle and the news started spreading. And watch this. Um, and skip down to verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. This is, and this is where we're going to see some problems develop. Now, the day on which Jesus had made mud and opened the man's eyes 
was a Sabbath. Was a Sabbath. So don't miss this. Don't miss this. Religion holds you back. Relationship sets you free. When it comes to our walk with God, religion will hold us back. But a relationship with Jesus will set us free. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, why did you do that? Like, why do you, why do, you do that? Like, what are you doing? Jesus healed this guy on the Sabbath. Now, as we read through the scriptures, Jesus often healed people on the Sabbath. In fact, um, doing some research in preparation for this message, there were at least seven occasions where Jesus would heal someone on the Sabbath. Why was he doing that? Why didn't he heal them on like Monday through Saturday? But no, he's got to heal them on the Sabbath. He's like picking a fight with the Pharisees, but he was picking a fight to show the Pharisees your religious traditions are not what will set people free. That's what he was trying to prove to the Pharisees. Because religious tradition were, was dominating the mindset. Religion will hold you back. Relationships set us free. Now look at this. Look at this. Um, in verse 15. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. And I washed, and now I see. It was messy. Verse 16, don't miss this. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. They missed the miracle because it did not fit in to their religious tradition. They missed the miracle. They're standing in front of a guy who was born blind. And they said, you know what? The guy that healed you is not from God. Because if he was from God, he would fit into our religious system. And so many times, religion misses the miracle because it did not happen the way people thought it should happen. You see, religion is actually about control and manipulation. Not setting people free. And, and a debate broke out because the rest of the verse says, some others ask, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. So they're going back and forth. They're going back and forth. And watch what happens next because this is, this is interesting and it's also incredibly sad. Verse 18, they still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. So they, they, they denounced the miracle. The miracle didn't happen. That didn't take place. Until they sent for the man's parents. Now I want to pause. If anybody on the planet stood, should have stood shoulder to shoulder with this man, it was his parents. They had, they, he was born blind. His parents had been through the struggle with him. His parents had been through the challenges with him. His parents had walked through the valleys with him. His parents had seen him beg. If anybody had, should have gotten this guy's back, it was his parents. And so they sent for his parents because they were like, hey, we need to know. We need to know about this story. Verse 19, is this your son, they ask? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? Watch this. We know he is our son, the parents answered. I mean, yeah, this is our boy. This is our boy. And we know he was born blind. Yeah, we got that down. We got that down. But how he can see now, 
or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. See, religion is always unaware of what Jesus is up to. Yes, I'll say that again. Religion is always unaware of what Jesus is actually up to. Now, now this next part is one of the saddest sections of Scripture I've ever seen. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Don't miss this. Religion always controls people through fear. So, so um, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Don't miss this. Religion turns its back. Relationship extends a hand. Religion turns his, his parents turned their back on their son because they were more obsessed about their religious image than they were their relationship with their own son. This is unthinkable. But it's how delusional people immersed in religion can become. I remember one time I was on a school bus and um, if you ever rode, rode a school bus, you got a great school bus story somewhere in your life. And so I was on the school bus and we were um, you know, driving home and I lived way out in the country and so um, there's just a few people in the bus and there were some guys, there were three guys in particular, picking on this kid named Bill. Now Bill, um, Bill was a wuss. I mean, this is the only way to say it. Bill could not fight. Bill could not have defended himself. Um, Bill was in, you know, and he was always getting picked on. And I don't know why, but on this particular day, um, I just had a ba Maybe I'd had some extra math homework or something, which always makes me bitter. And so I literally spoke up and I said, hey, guys, I said, why don't y'all back off Bill, you know, or whatever. And they looked at me and they said, well, why, why don't we just um, mess with you? And I said, well, that'll be fine. I mean, that'll be. And, and, and I had three buddies with me and they were like, hey, Perry, hey, Perry, we got your back, man. We got your back. We got your back. And so in my mind, simple math, there's four of us. There's three of them. Let's do this. Let's have a party. So I started talking all kind of junk. We got off the bus. These three guys are standing here. I'm standing here. And I'm like, um, what, what are you going to do to us? And, and they said, what do you mean us? And I turned around. And my three buddies that had my back, they had my back. They were just way back. Like they were way back there going, get him, Perry, get him, Perry. They said they had my back, but when it came to actually stepping into the fight, they were like, eh, better not. And they kind of left me. And it reminds me that's what religion does. Religion will turn its back like this man's parents did, but a relationship extends its hand and says, you know what? I don't care what's happening. I don't care what you're going through. I'm walking with you through this. That's what relationship, and that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't say, I'm turning my back on you because I'm so disappointed. He said, you know what? I see the mess you're in. And I'm going to hold hands, and together we're going to walk out of that mess. It, it, gets, it gets crazier because they begin fighting. They, they kind of begin going back and forth, and there's a heated exchange 
And this is what the Bible says. Don't miss this. John chapter 9, verse 34. To this they replied, they're talking to, this is the Pharisees, and they're talking to the blind guy, the former blind guy. You were steeped in sin at birth. Don't miss this. Religion always talks about your past, never your future. Religion always says, you did this. This is what you did. You got pregnant before you were married. You, you, you drank too much. You smoked too much. You did weed. You did drugs. You, you, that's what you did. That's what you did. That's what you did. Religion always points towards what you did because religion wants you to feel as guilty as possible because if people can manipulate you with guilt, they feel like they get some sort of diadem in their crown in heaven. Religion will always point back towards what you did, but in relationship with Jesus, he, he says that that might be what you did, but it's not who you are. And we're going to step into an amazing future full of potential together. You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? Don't miss this. And they threw him out. They took the guy that had been born blind and been healed, and they threw him out. This is sad, but it happens in our churches today. I never forget, I was a youth pastor at a church, and um, we, had, we had just an amazing night one Wednesday night. We had like eight kids receive Christ. And one kid, his name was John. Now, when I say John was a hellion, John was. John was a hellion when he accepted Jesus. I mean, he like drugs. I mean, the whole, I mean, name a sin, he was doing it or whatever. And so he, he really got on fire for about two or three weeks. And so we had a youth night one Sunday night at the church. And I asked John, I said, John, would you be willing to give your testimony and just kind of stand up and tell the church what Jesus has done for you? And he was like, absolutely, I'd love to. And he got up that night, and he shared for five minutes one of the most amazing testimonies I've ever heard in my life about how Jesus had changed his life and made him brand new. And afterwards, 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 I was surrounded by a group of people that were so angry. And the reason they were angry is because John was wearing a hat. John got on stage wearing a hat and they raised hell over the fact that John was wearing a hat so much so that somebody actually confronted John before I could get to to them and basically John never came back to church because there was a group of people more obsessed over what John had on his head than what Jesus was doing in his heart and that's what religion does. You're not pretty enough. You don't fit into our system. And they threw him out. It, you know, it'd be sad if that's where the story stopped. But man, Jesus, that Jesus, he's amazing. The Bible says in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said... Do you believe in the Son of Man? You see, religion threw the man out. Jesus brought him back in to a relationship with him. When religion throws you out, that just means Jesus is getting ready to pull you in to something that is absolutely amazing. 
You know, there are people watching right now, and maybe you've, maybe you've been thrown out. Maybe you got threw out of a church or threw out of a, a Bible study group, or there was a group of people that called themselves Christians, and they threw you out. They turned their back on you. And this is, this is my prayer. This is my prayer. Please don't think that's who Jesus is. Please don't think that's who Jesus is. Because when religion throws you out, Jesus will bring you back in. And I'll just be honest. That's one of the reasons that I'm starting Second Chance Church. I want to create an environment where people who feel like they've been thrown out and ostracized and cast away and had the people have turned their back on them, I want to create an environment where those people can walk in and are welcome from day one, no matter how messy we are. And if you're religious, if you're hyper-religious, um, you're probably not going to enjoy Second Chance Church when we start meeting um, as a group of people. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be a church full of people who understand God's grace really is amazing. And until we see grace as amazing, we probably haven't seen grace at all. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing um, in this church, just online, over 20,000 views every single week. So if you know somebody that needs to hear this message, hit that share button and let's get the message out that a relationship with Jesus is far greater than a religion that holds you back rather than sets you free. So this is the challenge this week. This is the challenge. Let's do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. So what sets your heart on fire for Jesus? What is it? Is it listening to worship music? Is it reading the Bible? Is it prayer? Is it meditate? Like what, 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 what is it? What's the one thing that you can do that when you do that, you feel connected to Jesus? You're following Jesus. This would be my challenge. Just try that one thing for five minutes every day this week. One thing for five minutes. One thing. One thing. Um, and if you miss a day, don't feel bad. Don't say, okay, well, tomorrow I'll do it for ten. No, 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 no. No, it's not about rules. It's about relationship. What's the one thing that makes you feel connected to Jesus, so connected to him? Just do that every day for five minutes. And slowly but surely, in his time, Jesus will take us from where we are to where we need to be. And maybe you're watching right now. Maybe you're watching and you've never, ever um, asked Jesus into your life. You've never started a relationship with Jesus because you're like, I don't want to become a Christian because I can't do all that stuff. You're right. We can't do anything. That's why Jesus Christ died for us on the cross and said it is finished. It's not about the work we do. It's about the work that Jesus has done. And it's about asking Jesus to come into our lives. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life because you're scared, oh my gosh, I can't do all the things that's required of these Christians. I can't do, I can't do all that stuff. You're right. You're right. You're right. You can't do it. Some of you said, I'm not going to become a Christian because I'll mess up. You're right. You're right. You're right. We all mess up. It's not about being perfect. It's about being willing to ask Jesus to come into your life. And every day you just get up and do your best to follow him. If that's you and you've never, ever made that commitment, I want you just right where you are, just to bow your head and close your eyes with me. And just pray right now. Just, just ask Jesus to come into your life. You say, Jesus Christ, right now, I confess that you are Lord. 
I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to save me from my sins. And right now, Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Show me how to live for you the rest of my life, the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you do me a favor and shoot me an email? I would love to hear from you. Just prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, at perrynoble.com. Prayer at perrynoble.com. Or you can notify me on Facebook on the Facebook message. I would love to hear from you if you prayed to receive Christ. And if you are watching today, and let me just say this one more time, and you've been wounded, like you've been wounded by people, you've been wounded by the church, you've been wounded by church people, I am so sorry. I know what that's like, but I also know what it's like to get back up on your feet and discover, you know what, there's this amazing man named Jesus who we get the privilege of walking with every single day. Don't mistake what they did to you and believe it's what God did to you. You're watching this message right now to hear Jesus still loves you. He still has a plan for your life, a plan to give you hope and a future. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. We got some exciting next week, Losing My Religion, part two. You're not going to want to miss that. And also, I want to say this one more time. Thank you for those of you that are giving faithfully to Second Chance Church. If you want to give to Second Chance Church, you can go to www.mysecondchancechurch.com, www.mysecondchancechurch.com. Click the Give button in the upper right-hand corner, and it is easy from there. That's how I give every month. I get paid once a month, and so that's how I give, and you can do that too. Thank you for watching all the way from New York, California, San Diego, Pickens, all over the place. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week. God bless.